0: Better get ready. Yeah! Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do
1: it. In my eyes. What do you see? And oh, good morning, beautiful people. Hopefully, you're having a great Saturday morning because it is positively stupendous outside. The MLB is officially underway. The Cajuns got a big win in Jonesboro. The LSU Tigers rallied big and took down the defending national champs in the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And, of course, the Houston Astros exploded last night, taking down those Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And it's a just a great Saturday morning because I'm here with you. I appreciate you listening in however you're doing, so be it through the FM dial wherever you are in Lafayette on 103.7 FM. If you're out in Lake Charles, if you're heading towards the kinder area, make sure you turn that dial a couple notches over to your right, and you'll land on 104.1 at Lake Charles. But if you're having some trouble with that, you'd also listen to us crystal clear on our free mobile apps. I'd recommend the game 103.7. That's the one I have. Mind you, I have both. But you can get us on your iPhone, your Android, your smart speakers, whatever. Just make sure you're listening in because we got two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. And I'm absolutely fired up about it because we got great guests. And we got a lot of great content that I think is going to entice you to listen in. And more importantly, maybe even call in at 337-706-0111, 337 337- 706 0111. And I want to start off going off on a different tangent for a second. Then we'll get to the Saturday sports sermon because I just saw this pop up on my timeline. I got to say, while it's a great Saturday morning here, some sad news just came through. And that was Dwayne Haskins. He was a former Ohio State standout that struggled to catch on in the NFL. He died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. He would have turned 25 years old in about a month from now, May 3rd. It's it's tragic to see that. I was like, when I saw that pop up, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same Dwayne Haskins? And it was. And it was very, very disappointing to see that. It's just awful all the way around. But... The show must go on. So it's time to kind of flip the page over and get down to brass tacks of what is exactly causing all this on Louisiana Saturday morning. What's got me all fired up? Well, you'll find out right now with your Saturday Sports Sermon.
0: The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. I testify! It's time for your Saturday Sports
1: Sermon. Honestly, we should not be surprised, but we kind of still are, that the New Orleans Saints traded up. It's a lot like the Masters this weekend that's going on right now. They... Have moved up. It's a tradition, unlike any other. They move up in the NFL draft. But they made a blockbuster move with the Philadelphia Eagles. And to break it down in basic terms, the Saints get a number 16 pick and a number 19 pick. No, yeah. They get 16 and 19 pick this year, and they get the 104th pick as well. Meanwhile, the Eagles will get 18th pick, 101st pick, a the 237th pick in this year's draft, also a 2023 first, and a 2024 second rounder. Now, what does that all mean? Well, it means that Saints gave up a good bit to get this nice 2022 draft pick package. It's not know like if you see a whole lot of teams just trading around picks like this, but... I think it's saying a lot that the Saints have to have man crushes in that first round that they want to guarantee they get them. They they have to be loving what's in this NFL draft because there's no way in hell you'd be trading the way they did and what they wound up giving up if they didn't have someone in mind for one, if not both, of those first-round picks especially because now the Saints have three picks Within the first 50. That's huge for a team that may be a few pieces away. From getting into the postseason and making a run. And I'll start this whole diatribe and pontificate for a little bit saying. The most important take you'll hear all week. And I want you to just listen. Saints Nation lend me your ears. Because I'll tell you. The first thing on that list you need to take off is the quarterback position. Repeat after me. You do not need a quarterback in this year's draft. I repeat, do not draft a quarterback. You do not need one. I know you missed out on Deshaun Watson a few weeks ago, and that feeling still stings, but it doesn't mean that you're just going to go ahead and, like, Luck into getting a good quarterback in the first round. I just don't think you need it. It's not worth it for you to get a quarterback in this year's draft. I understand there are there's a lot of hype surrounding Malik Willis, Mac Corral. The list goes on and on. But you already have three on the roster right now. Four if you count Taysom Hill. And until the beginning of this week, I believe, you had five with a portal service. But when you look at this quarterback pool, it's pretty mid. I understand there's a lot of hype surrounding Malik Willis. Everybody's salivating over him, but I think they're salivating over the wrong things. They're salivating over the underwear Olympics and how he performed in that more than anything. I'll counterpoint that by saying, what about other great pro days? How have those guys turned out? Zach Wilson out of BYU had a howitzer for an arm in the Underwear Olympics. How much has that helped him? My geez, with the Jets, and that's never going to help anybody's status in life. Shout out Louis Prejean. But there's no way in hell you're going to have an opportunity to get to the mountaintop by getting a quarterback in this year's draft. If you were going to do it, you would have done it circa 20, I'd say 2017-ish. Hell, I probably would have done it more in the 2018 season. He is you probably could have gotten a really, really good quarterback, and it would have paid off like gangbusters. But the Saints instead focus on other needs, which is understandable. For me, trust the game film when it comes to quarterbacks before you start developing a full-on man crush, and if the Saints don't get him, you'll be crushed let the tape speak for itself rather than what I see on the Underwear Olympics. Jamarcus Russell threw a 60-yard pass on his freaking knees in his pro day in the Underwear Olympics, and people were salivating over that like crazy. He was the number one draft pick, and he fell off incredibly. Didn't translate well to the NFL. So with all that being said, with all that been considered you've got other holes on this roster before even thinking about a quarterback going back to those three picks in the top 50 I'll do a mock draft towards the end of this month heading into the NFL draft can't believe it's right around the corner but there's no doubt in my mind that this team needs to key in on two positions the third I think you can maybe get somebody in a dumpster dive type situation but i think you need to focus in on getting these three guys with your first two picks you've got to go wide receiver and offensive line there's going to be a run of wide receivers around that 15 to 20 mark you need to get the best wide receiver available right then and there and then you could focus in on offensive line an offensive tackle would work out really well especially with the departure of Teron Armstead simultaneously one of the team's best players but also one of the biggest liabilities the Saints have had in recent memory and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Armstead injury prone for years but when he's healthy he's an elite player I think you can get a really good offensive tackle with that 18th pick that you got from the Philadelphia Eagles or 19th excuse me But getting 16-19, and that's huge for your future. And the Saints, unlike the lot in the NFL that's becoming a copycat league and trying to become all in on one thing and one thing only, they're focusing in on getting good in the draft versus going all in on free agency. Now, mind you, it's the fact they put themselves with one arm tied behind their back when it comes to that. Now, with that other pick in the second round, that third in the top 50, it needs to be focused largely on safety, but if there's somebody a little bit better in that other spot, go ahead. Far being from me to stop you. But you got to realize, you get safety no matter what happens with Tyron Matthew, the legendary Honey Badger. You have a chance to get him. If you get him, still get a safety, because guess what that does? That bolsters your depth, and whenever Honey Badger goes somewhere else, it feels unlikely it's going to happen, but it's a distinct thing to talk about, and it's worth noting. Get a safety. Get a top-fight safety to either bolster depth, or it's a strong starter day, day one, year one. This is a very important draft this team has. Because they have an opportunity to extend their playoff window for at least a little while. And here's the thing, though. It's very difficult since the Saints have to deal with being in a stacked NFC on paper. Of course, a lot of things can and will happen in the NFL. But I think the Saints will have to win the division to make it back into the postseason this year. Based on what all teams look like right now, you have the Green Bay Packers, they're almost always an immediate in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with or without Bruce Arians, with Tom Brady, you feel like an automatic in. The Los Angeles Rams, yep, check those off. You've got, obviously, a brilliant good team, the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks even could still be somewhat of a contender. The Arizona Cardinals could slide into a spot here or there. What happens with Chicago in the second year Justin Fields, the new head coach? How do all these teams kind of mesh together? How do how does the NFC South look? How does the NFC East look with the Cowboys giving up a lot of things and the Philadelphia Eagles seemingly trying to rebuild and capitalize off of a golden opportunity that they had last season where they were able to kind of sneak in? I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen in the, the NFC, but I feel like the Saints have to win the division to achieve all goals. That's at least where I'm at on this. I want to know your thoughts. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. We got plenty of time for some calls. We'll take a quick time out in just a moment. And if you want to get into that, it's wide open for you. But we also are going to get into the conversation about the LHSAA. They dropped a bombshell a couple weeks ago about the three biggest letters in college sports and possibly all of amateur sports, in IL. We'll talk about that and take your calls next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Going to have Rob Fontenot on as well at 10.30. Going to talk the Houston Astros with the host of the Astros Baseball Podcast. I'm getting the conversation about those throws later on in the hour we'll be back after this on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game one hundred three seven Lafayette and one hundred four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Gonna have Rob Fontno join the program in just a few minutes, and hopefully you are having a good Saturday morning. Coming to you live from the beautiful game studios, and honestly, it's just a fantastic Saturday morning. But I got to say, we got some great stuff going on right now in our clubhouse at 1037thegame.com. But also, we got a chance for you to text to win some fantastic things, including a chance to see the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. It's back for the first time in two years. Yes, you heard me right. Two long years since the Angola Prison Rodeo took place it feels wild to think about that too because of how like, how much how how popular that thing is. And you have a chance to go to the event in just a few short weeks. Now, what do you have to do? Well, it's quite simple. Text Angola to 68683. That's 68683. We've got your chance to win some tickets and I'm telling you, you want to be able to you want to be in this action. I'm talking about bull riding, wild horse racing, and probably the coolest thing ever, convict poker. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and Google it. Hit it up on YouTube, and I guarantee you, you will be entertained. And be like, I got to go see this action over at the Angola Prison Rodeo. And then what you're going to do is text ANGOLA to 68683 to win a pair of tickets. I'm telling you, get in on this action right now. Text ANGOLA to 68683. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 104 One Lake Charles has got you covered. Now I want to flip it over to a different conversation. And I'll say this. I'll give a ton of credit to one LHSA. And I don't normally do that. Because I think the LHSA still has a lot of flaws. Has a lot of flies on that horse. And one of the biggest flies on that proverbial horse, has to be without a doubt the select, not select stuff. It is a complete mess. It's, it's still like going on, number one. It's been almost a, almost a full decade since we started this damn thing, and it's time to kind of really make a statement and move on and try and get this thing back together. Get the boys back in town and get them back together. But I will give them credit for being a lot more progressive than I thought they would be. Because they are basically going to start allowing players or educating players, as they put it, on name, image, and likeness. And the reason why I say I was shocked they were going to do this was because history shown the Pelican State lags behind a good bit on a lot of different issues. Not necessarily... You know, this, but legal sports betting, they hemmed and hawed until it was well past the time. So you had to deal with that. You've got that going on. You've got all these other stories that we can just bring up. How long it's taken us to change certain laws. But NIL, it just feels like they've essentially speed ran through it like nobody else. And it's impressive to see. It is very impressive to see what LHSA has done. Cause here's the thing. It's not like they're saying, Hey, this is going to be wild, wild West. We're going to let it all kind of hang out. No, this is being handled. I think in a proper way because it's more of a framework being built for when this could become a possibility. The LHSA is going to allow players to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Now, what all that means and how much that could be a problem is a different conversation for a program down the road once we know more about it. This is kind of the basic frameworks of everything. And it's also more importantly about educating the players. That's kind of the big takeaway in all this because these kids are teenagers probably between, I mean, I'd say wherever they are going to be making the bulk of their time and money is going to be when they're on the varsity team. More likely than that, it's going to be your junior and senior year unless you're an anomaly like an Archie Manning. Arch Manning, excuse me, not Archie. I wasn't born back then, but Arch Manning, for instance. He's been, like, if NIL was like a thing in high school football when Arch Manning was just getting started, I guarantee you he probably would make a good bit of money because he is a legacy name. And also he came into Arch Isidore Newman with all the hype in the world, all the hype in the world. And he has lived up to the hype, at least somewhat. And a lot of people are vying for his, you know, for his skills on the college levels, Texas, LSU, the list goes on and on. There's so many teams that are involved in this. But it's interesting to see how much this could be a step in the right direction for high school football and high school athletics in general. But at the same time, there's a slippery slope because I think there needs to be a lot like what I've said before about NIL and especially about the transfer portal. And the transfer portal and the NIL stuff kind of goes hand in hand in certain things, case in point, some former Cajuns, jumping ship to LSU. But this could very well ruin high school athletics and almost expose the business in a way. But again, that's a conversation I want to have down the road once we get closer to finding out when NIL is happening and more importantly, how it's being handled. Because if the LHSA wants to do this and go full hog on it, they have to institute some rules and regs. That's my first thing full stop, I will say right now. You have to, and I mean have to, institute some rules and regulations. Like in the here and now. If you're going to get these players and these teams all together and have them be educated, you've also got to implement some protocols. For instance, you can't have it be the full-blown wild, wild west where some boosters, alumni, whatever it is, let's just say hypothetically. Let's, let's use Newman as an example again. So Newman, let's say Isner Newman wants to get Odell Beckham Jr.'s son. I, I, I'm i just, again, pure hypotheticals here. He They want to get Odell Beckham Jr.'s son to come over to their program. And let's say... Somebody's going to fork over a good bit of money and be like, Hey, come over here and we'll hook you up with an NIL deal. No, it, it cannot be done like that. I think that's what we see a lot with the world of illegal recruiting, the dark side of recruiting in the pre NIL days. I guarantee you that's basically what happened with Will Wade. I mean, that's based off the allegations that we've seen the strong ass offers. Kind of doubling back to, we'll wait for a second. But you can't have it be a wild, wild west. You've got to have some rules because if you don't, high school football will become haves and have-nots, and more often than not, these select schools will be able to run a rough shot over everybody else, especially if we actually do wind up one day soon getting to the point where the select and non-select schools do indeed shake hands, come back together, because then it's going to be be ruled by St. Thomas Moores of the world. Like I can pretty much name four or five programs right now that could just run roughshod over everybody else in their respective classifications to where it becomes a lot like the select state championships right now. A lot of teams will be dominant. And it's going to look like super teams. You can't have that. Now, the the media reaction to this has all been negative, And I understand completely where they're coming from with this. Because it's not just, hey, we're going to go ahead and change everything. Uh, everything you knew about high school athletics with this. I understand the, the media reaction has been negative. Because it makes sense why a lot of people are frustrated about this. But here's the thing. The name, image, and likeness thing, that that box has been opened. And unlike kayfabe and pro wrestling, you can't close that box right now. You cannot. I can tell you right now, there's no doubt in my mind that NIL is going to become one of the worst things about sports, but at the same time, it's going to be great for some of the lesser-known players to have an opportunity. Like the Cajuns, they recently announced a collab with Russo to further education on NIL. It's a huge step in the right direction. I think because you're going to be taking a step forward it's not saying, hey, we're just going to go ahead and let this be and not educate our players, our ADs, our coaches, and student-athletes. Is NIL, it's a new world. And here's the thing. you just got to get used to it. Because it's not going anywhere. That's at least how I see it. And I'm definitely certain that it's going to not leave any time soon. All right, we'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. Come back, we'll have Rob Fano joining the program in just a moment. We'll be back after this on the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette and one hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear. With Under the Dome. With the world-famous CD. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And before we got, we got some bad news. Before we get to that, I got to tell you something good first. I got to give you the good news first. That is the fact that Festival International, it's going to be back in full gear in just a few short weeks. And we've got a chance for you to, to celebrate that and experience it in a way unlike any other. That is by winning the game's Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up today in the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041 thegamecom and you will get a chance to score a pair of ton passes. And trust me, you want to get on this. Because ton passes... Just in case you didn't know, they are currently sold out. So these things are like literal gold right now. So make sure you sign up today in the clubhouse. Make sure you go do that. And you'll have a chance to score a pair of on passes that'll get you exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, and trust me, knowing how festival is, it gets a lot little, little hot, a little stinky. Trust me, you'll love an air-conditioned restroom. Express drink lines, shirts, pins, and even a poster. Trust me, get in on this and experience festival like never before by winning the Festival International Prize Pack from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Now to the bad news. It also explains why I thought maybe we could have gotten some conversation going on the Saints, the LHSA, And I thought the phone lines would be going crazy. Turns out the phone lines aren't currently working right now. So they're down, And that means I can't get my next guest on the show. Internet's down, So I can't get them on via Zoom. This show is going to be interesting over the next hour and a half if we don't get this thing fixed. We're going to try and get Rob on. Rob Fontenot, the host of the Astros baseball podcast on the airwaves. But I'll go ahead and talk about the Astros for just a little bit because they have been impressive like the last couple of games. I know it's two games in. I'm not saying the team's going to go 162-0. and 0. No, not even close. But what I am going to say is I like what I'm seeing right now from these teams. I like what I'm seeing from the Astros because it's not just you know Alex Bregman looking like he's back. Carlos Correa, and no longer having Carlos Correa, that hurts. Jose Altuve's doing Jose Altuve things. I mean, hell, he hit a big one that silenced a lot of the crowd last night early on on Apple TV Plus. But I think one of the bigger stories is the replacement. Carlos Correa in Jeremy Pena. And he's going to have to fill massive shoes, this young 24-year-old pup. No doubt in my mind. But two games in, he's done admirably. Not the best, not the worst, but I'd say good enough to say, hey, I want to see more of this kid. And that's kind of my big thing. I want to see more from Rob from this guy. Rob Fontenot will have him on next week. But I want to see more from Jamie Pena. Because so far, it's very good. This team's offense was on fire last night. I was very impressed to see what he did and what they were able to put together. Last night. Yes, it's the Los Angeles Angels. A team that I mentioned last week. I'm go ahead and just unload this take again and pretty much say it for perpetuity's sake. The, the Los Angeles Angels have two all-time great players. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. And they're doing things that haven't been done in God knows how long. And they're putting up numbers... That would make, you know, Raleigh Fingers and crew kind of have their socks roll up. They're doing stuff that hadn't been done since, like, 1920s. They're making this game of baseball look incredibly easy. That said, I'm more interested in seeing how things turn out for a lot of other people in the MLB. Because the Angels, at one point, they can like they could be a team that's a contender, but they're missing key pieces. I don't understand how. I don't understand why that team with two once-in-a-lifetime players, generational talents, and it's an overused word, but when you think about Mike Trout and we think about Shoei Otani, what they're doing, those are generational or once-in-a-lifetime type talents. And they are on a team that is, I my I love this phrase, fair to middling. They're not fair to middling. They're just mid. And when you're a team like that and you have that, like two great players, what the hell is keeping those guys around? It's a lot like what happened with Carlos Correa. Why go to the Minnesota Twins? Is it just the money? Or maybe you want to parlay one good year with the Twins or something and go ahead and parlay that with a bigger deal with some other big-name team that could get you another World Series ring before your career it ends. Shohei and Trout are those are one and the same. And if you don't have Shohei out there, you don't have Trout out there, it's a very good luck, God bless type of game. Just based off of what I've seen. But I'm hopeful that the Astros can secure the bag tonight. You'll hear that on the game as well. Like We got you covered, Jack. Let me just go ahead and say that first things first. If you love baseball, we got you covered. Because first off, you've got the LSU Tigers. You got the LSU Tigers taking on Mississippi State, the defending national champions. And LSU was down bad, but they rallied in the ninth and were able to come away with a huge win over Mississippi State. That's something I did not expect to see at all. Can LSU take the series? Who knows? But you'll hear the action. Chris Blair and crew on the call right here. Pre-game going to be around 130. First pitch around two. I want to see what LSU does tonight. But I do want to see what the Astros do tonight as well. Now, mind you, I might just have to listen to it. Because... We don't catch it much around here. Last night, you had the Apple TV game, which was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Especially with Jeremy Pena's moment in the sun hitting that solo bomb while his parents were getting interviewed live on Apple TV+, Plus, where it literally was not being aired anywhere else. And that was apparently one of the coolest things ever. I watched the video before I went, got on air. And I have to agree with a lot of people. It was tremendous. Tremendous stuff. But here's how it sounded. If you heard all the action, this is how that solo shot sounded.
0: Myers set at the belt. First pitch to Jeremy Pena of the seventh inning. Is whipped to left field. Going back on it. Marsh looks up. Hello, baseball. My name is Pena. First major league home run. Jeremy Pena, the Astros lead at five to two. What a shot.
1: And what a really late first start for him. Cause I never expected to want to see a guy like Jeremy Pena succeed the way that he did. And I like it. I like it quite a lot. So trust me, I want to see a lot of guys succeed in the not-too-distant future. If you want to call up, hopefully, we're, hopefully we are can get the phone lines back up and running. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Looks like we're still having some technical difficulties. we going to try and keep you updated on that because we want, we want to get the calls in. And hopefully we can get this stuff up and running when we have on Kyle Mosley at around 1130. If not, I think this is a cursed show and we'll kind of move on from there. So, yeah, the Astros looked fantastic last night. The Astros were fantastic. Hell, the Cajuns, the Cajuns even. Like, I didn't have this marked down and run rundown or anything, but I think it's time to kind of talk about the Cajuns and then shout them out because they shut out those Arkansas State Red Wolves. They took them down, and it was impressive to see that team get it done. Because like, the cages have been very up, down, all around. They're 5-5 five and five right now in conference play. and This is that kind of series where you can get right. And I say get right meaning, get, like, I'd say win or sweep the series or that weekend's a total failure. And they've been winning series, but I think a sweep would be monumental. For a team... That is trying to get back towards the top of the Sunbelt West. And doing what they did last night was great. Now it's all about what you do those next two games. Because now you've got the Kevin Foote theory. It's in full effect. You hit 10 runs last night. That's a little too much. It was a shutout win. You didn't need that much. That, I've seen it firsthand, especially during doubleheaders. The Cajuns don't have one so maybe they won't do this but it's not out the realm of possibility of a 10-nothing game on Friday night turning into a 3-2 4-2 ball game that you wind up losing they need to keep the foot on the pedal and hopefully the pitching staff is going to continue to be strong and i think it's going to be a huge it's a huge series because it's going to pivot the rest of the year So I'm interested to see how that's going to pan out. Meanwhile, I was talking about the Astros. Justin Verlander's back tonight. This is going to be his first game starting in regular season games that actually matter since July of 2020 to begin the COVID shortened year. And what I've seen from spring training, and it was a rush job of spring training, it was pretty doggone good. Now, for those expecting him to go like six, seven innings, temper those expectations a lot. I'll I'll, I'll say that first off because you're having a lot of guys uh, have relatively short runs on the mound. Last night, I think the Astros starter had four innings under his belt. They called it. I know Brian Abreu had an extended run in relief. He looked good. But I, I'm i wondering how Justin Verlander fits and how long he does indeed go. I'd say personally, if there were an over-under prop bet, I'm sure there is. I haven't looked much at the betting lines yet. We'll do that in, in the next segment with my 5 fave picks to click. But if there's an over-under for innings, I'd probably go under five. I think it's four, maybe three and a third. At least one, you've had a rushed spring training, nowhere near enough time to kind of really get ramped up and shake off some ring rust, or pitching rust, if you will, in terms of an actual live game that actually matters. And, number two, that's what they did last night. That's, I, that's what I think they're going to start doing is slowly but surely easing them in. I mean, you had last night in the San Diego Padres, guy was throwing a shutout ball game. I believe it was a no-no. They pull him. First, first batter, of the next pitcher faced, hit. Like, you would never see that back in the day, but now because of analytics and stuff like that and making sure guys' arms are protected, you'll see that. So I'll say it again. Don't expect a long run for Verlander. I'd say four at the very most, five. But I'm going four innings. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. We'll be back after this. Going to take a quick timeout, give you my five fave picks to click for this weekend. And we'll be back after this on the game, 1037 Lafayette and one Lake Charles.
0: The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Under the Dome, right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and one in Lake Charles. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday morning. I know why i stream because I'm here with you. Round up our number one with a nice little bow. Going to go through my five fave picks to click for this weekend. And do you remember what I said earlier about, you know, the over-unders? There are some over-unders and some game props for pitchers so I'm gonna go through I'm putting one of those on here I'll go under six and a half strikeouts for Justin Verlander I hope I'm wrong but I think the fact he'll go under four innings I think six and a half strikeouts under feels like an easy pick to click here I'll go UFC 272 main event tonight Alexander Volkanovsky I got him getting the win he's minus 675 odds Philadelphia 76ers I've got them winning over the Indiana Pacers Minus twelve fifty. I got the Clippers, minus seven twenty. That feels like an easy win over the Sacramento Kings. And also put some money on the Philadelphia Phillies beating the Oakland A's minus two ten odds. It's not gonna net you money to help you retire, but it's enough, like I keep saying, to keep the bank roll coming. Eighteen fourteen. This is how much it's gonna cash. If it wins, and I'm I'm fairly. Keyword, fairly confident. All five of these cash. The most unlikely, I think, to cash is probably the Justin Verlander one, especially if he does go a long run. If he goes a long run, I think it's going to be a tough road for your truly the world-famous CD with the typical five. Again, every week, it's a $5, five-game or fight, whatever. Five-pick parlay. That's how I put these together. And if I win, it's a glorious Saturday. And I pick every game on Saturday. I pick a bunch of different things. And I just basically do that. But I also did something else. And I probably got berated like to no end by one Matt Miguez. Shout out, Matt Miguez. For my major mistake. My major epic fail in picking one tiger woods to miss the cut on the masters i'll talk about that a little bit more in our number 2 we'll be back after this right here on the game 1037 live yet and 104 1 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station